Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast Restless as we young adult Catholics dive deeper into our Catholic faith, trying to live it out in the midst of the world. I'm Father Joseph Gill, joined by Diane, Javier, and Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we're going to talk about probably the number one question that I'm asked by uh, young adults, and that is discerning your vocation. How in the world do you know what God's plan is for your life? And that's kind of a big question and kind of the fundamental question of what it means to be human, one could say. So, you know, I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, what, I mean, First of all, you know, why bother discerning God's call for your life? And what's, what is a vocation? Why should we seek it? What do you think? Well, my understanding is that as Catholics, we all have this duty, right, to discern our vocation and try to learn God's plan for us. And in my own life, I can certainly recall that from a very young age, my mom would always say, like, follow God's will, try to learn God's will. I don't even know that I knew what that was, but I was always trying to seek God's will, which I think certainly goes apart with, goes along with, you know, your vocation. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a journey as we, as we walk with the Lord, the Lord starts revealing things to us, things that we're good at, things that we're not good at. Um, and as he does, uh, it takes a lot of prayer. Prayer is, I think, the main thing in this, um, just asking the Lord, seeking his will, uh, like Lauren said, and just asking him. What do you want from me, Lord? Where do you see me? Where do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? And I know that for me personally, uh, as I see the Lord calling me to um, to evangelize or to, um, uh, to be a spiritual guidance to those that are younger and stuff, it has been through prayer. It has been through prayer and being able to say yes to opportunities. Mm. I think just even you know, sometimes having that mindset of discernment, because I remember, you know, when I was chaplain at Trinity Catholic High School here in Stanford, a lot of times I'd be asking seniors, oh, what do you want to do with your life? You know, what do you want to do? And I realized like halfway through my, ten, ten, my, yeah, my tenure there that I was asking the wrong question. I shouldn't have been asking, what do you want to do with your life? I should have been asking them, what do you think God wants to do with your life? Because most of them had never even considered that possibility that God might have a plan for their life. And that's yeah. kind of crazy hearing that happened at a Catholic school. Yeah, I know, right? Right? And I think, Father Joseph, that's an interesting point, too, because um, vocation, I mean, it's it's really a calling, and um, it's we're, we're making a decision about our vocation, but the choice is really a response to God's invitation, the way that he's inviting us, and um, it's not primarily our choice. I mean, yes, we're making the choice, we have the freedom to do it, but it's a response to to God's call, and it's a call to love. Um, and it's the way that, you know, God is basically inviting us to love and give ourselves to others, um, and not just, like, in the sense of giving our, like, time, talent, and skills and everything, but giving of our whole selves um, as a path to sort of sanctification and holiness. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the goal of all of our lives is to become saints. So, um, so here's a question for you. I, I wonder... Like, is it, it, is it possible to discern your vocation if you're not yet a disciple? Because hmm. I think asking that question of, you know, seniors, juniors, and seniors in high school when I was the chaplain there, and a lot of them, if they didn't have a personal relationship with Christ, they wouldn't even be interested, you know, in finding out what God's will is. Because a lot of times God's will requires sacrifice and for us to put our plans on the back burner, you know, so we got to, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think I'll I'll speak to that a little bit. I, you know, and I may be wrong. I mean, I don't know if there's only one right answer on this one, but um, yes, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can. I don't think you can discern the will. Of, I mean, I don't want to diminish the Lord, though. Uh, the Lord can work through everything. I mean, he's he's the Lord. He's the God of the universe. He created us. He um, he healed people. He brought people back from the dead. So I don't want to diminish him. I mean, I'm sure if somebody who hasn't become a disciple of the Lord asks for discernment, uh, I'm sure he can get it. Um, and I'm sure the Lord can work through that person immediately. But being a disciple of the Lord and... Um, getting on your knees and, and and with tears in your eyes telling him that he, your life is his, that 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 you desire his will and not your will, that his timing is perfect, that is when you're really in a position to say yes. In a position to say, yes, Lord, I will go wherever you take me. I will do whatever you want me to do, Lord, because my role in this earth is to serve you, Lord, to be your disciple, to be your ambassador, um, to bring the word to, to those um, so you have to have that, like the disposition to be willing to be used yes. by God, you know, totally. Yes. 100%. And that's, uh, yeah. That can, and again, I don't want to diminish yeah. the Lord. He can work through everybody in, in a split second, uh, just like he converted uh, Saul, Paul. He converted him in a split second, you yeah, know? Truth. And it, I mean, he continued to grow him later on, but uh, I don't want to diminish his power. But I do believe that for us, as you know, as you know, growing in our faith once we become disciples of the lord you know that's when we can really say yes to anything no matter how crazy it is yeah and i agree with that javi i think too um it 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 might be possible to discern your vocation not being a disciple but at the end of the day a vocation i mean it's not a job or a career so um you know it really does sort of Maybe it's it's more of a, a misunderstanding of what vocation is. I think a lot of people misunderstand what. Well, I've heard people. I mean, I've heard people say like, "Oh, you know, my my vocation is to be a nurse or a teacher." Like, I mean, so what? It, like, is a vocation just in a narrow sense, like okay, priest or married, or is it like something more broad? I mean, I think it's it's just the way that God calls us to love, um, and I think it's much more broad than just a you know like what what the what the Lord is calling you to do with your everyday life. It's how, it's how he's calling you to love and to offer yourself and sacrifice, um, and to, you know, to make yourself holy. My understanding is that there are three vocations according to the Catholic church or the catechism, which you all probably know better than me. (laughs) Uh, but that's, you know, becoming a priest, right? Religious life or married. Is that correct? Father Gil? Yeah. I would add consecrate a single life too. Okay. So then four. But now consecrate a single life, I think is different than you find yourself single just because you haven't married yet. Right. So, well, could it be that, I mean, I guess, you know, at a young age, you know, let's say 20, like none of us know what's going to happen, right? Who we're going to meet or, or whatever. But um, if you end up not finding that person and then you're happy with it, right? And you're a single person and whatever it is that you do. And in my case, I can look to, um, an aunt and an uncle. My dad's one of nine, and two of his siblings were never married. And I can easily tell, and I don't want to diminish anyone else's faith, but they are both the most faithful and religious aunt and uncle that I have. And Beautiful. it just shines through. And, 
you know, and what they do, and, and some things are pretty obvious. It's always a prayer card, you know, for the birthday <laughs> card. <laughs> but I think it's also how they live their lives. And I'm reminded of, you know, St. Paul's teaching, right, which I just came across recently, where he's saying, you know, that consecrated single life is better than married life. Right, right? First, first Corinthians 7. Yes. Know, it says, I wish everyone could be like me and right. remain unmarried. Which, uh, which is interesting because I think the majority of people are called to marriage. Yeah. Or they think yes. they are, or they feel like they should be, or there's societal pressure, right, that they should be. I think a like, as a society, we look down on people that don't marry, hmm. right, as if they're lonely or they're missing out on something. But I think that verse, right, from St. Paul is actually saying, well, they can devote everything they have to God. Yeah. Right? So they have more. They don't have to worry about somebody else. And I think then there's a distinction between those who actually do, you know, use their singleness to devote it to God versus those who are just bachelors True. who just travel the world and, you know, live the party lifestyle because they have no right. dependence. Right, and that's and, why you brought up consecrating yourself because then you're not seeking someone, you're not kind of going for those sorts of things, you're focused on your faith. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I think we could and should spend a whole episode talking about singleness and what it actually means. Yeah. <laughs> in the eyes of the Lord, what true singleness yeah. means. Sure. You know, how sure. we can actually take advantage of, of the years that the Lord gives us before we get married, if that's what he's calling us to, or before we marry the church, if that's what he's calling us to. That's right. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So for the three of you, have you do you feel like you've discerned your vocation yet? Is it still in process or... Yeah, so I, I, I think that... Nobody wants to take that question first. <laughs> yeah. It's well, a little personal there, there yeah. Father. I don't know. It is a little personal. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't... I mean, I guess I've dated like on and off and everything. Um, you kind of wonder as you get older, like why, or why am I still you know, single, not in a long-term relationship um, type of thing. So, And I was really um, very drawn into my faith a little bit later um after college and um you know i I felt like the most at peace and at adoration and at mass and everything so i did do a lot of discerning myself like am i am i called to religious life um just a lot of prayer and and silent um reflection and um went on a silent retreat and everything and um i think at the end of the day i do think i'm called to marriage um you know it's just a matter of waiting um you know for the right person um, and trusting in God and honestly working on myself and becoming the person that, you know, I would want my spouse to meet. Um, mm. Yeah. And just being, being patient and not, you know, um, I think it's a very, it's a big temptation to make an idol of vocation in general, just of like of marriage, for example. Um, it's very easy to do that as opposed to like focusing on, you know, living the sacrament of the present moment and focusing on the here and now. And like, how can I be, how can I be the best version of myself right now? How can I like so, make a, you know, sacrifice more of myself? And, um, yeah. yeah, a lot of times, even as a seminarian, I think, okay, when I'm a priest, then I'll get serious about, you know, holiness. But then the reality is, no, it's like here, it's now. Yeah, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Yeah, I mean, Ephesians God's 5, grace 16. is in the present. We can't, you can't just be looking forward to the future of like, you know, oh, when I, when I know my vocation for sure, when all these things happen, then I'll be happy because those things might not ever happen. And you have to just, I mean, God gives us today and today is a grace, so. Amen. Amen. I Amen. have discerned for marriage myself. Uh, you, you and I talked about it. I think uh, it was during this Lent uh, watching... Uh, masses from Father Mike Schmitz 
Hey, Father Mike Smith, I know you're going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nothing else to do. No, we might as you well. You are in no time. Bobby, <laughs> um, come on my program. <laughs> yes, um, I, will, I would love to. So whenever you call me, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, no, but seriously, watching, uh, watching Father Mike Smith, I think I told you, I was like, I saw a lot of myself in him. And that was just like, it shook me. And um, it actually made me think about it a lot because I hadn't thought about becoming a priest since I was a little kid. And I was like, well, that call is gone. You know, I've completely gone away from that. And um, for a couple of weeks, I, I, I just kept asking the Lord. I was like, what is this feeling that I'm getting? What is this? You know, like, I love being at adoration. That's what I love. And, and I, I know, I remember I told you, I was like, I, I just want to go to a monastery and just go to, up to a mountain and just, just pray for endless hours. That's what I want to do. That's what I desire to do. And then the Lord put this thought in my heart, this thought of holding my first child in my hands and tears came running down my face. And I started shaking and the love that I felt when I closed my eyes and I saw that, just, that was obvious to me mm. that I wanted to, I wanted to be married. I don't want to have, have a family That's that I wanted beautiful. to have a Catholic family <laughs> and FP all day. Let's go. Right. <laughs> Amen to that, man. Ten yeah. kids. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to discern that with my wife, my future wife. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. That's funny. I had a, a similar experience when I was um, thinking about the priesthood. I was 16 years old. I'll never forget. It was Easter Sunday morning. And I had a dream that I was celebrating Mass at 16. And, and, and I was so overjoyed at holding the Eucharistic host in my hand. I was holding it up in my dream that these tears, I was crying in my dream, just weeping, mm. weeping. And when I woke up, I was weeping for real. And I couldn't stop, you know, for half an hour, just oh. overjoyed at just wow. the thought of holding the Eucharistic Lord in my hands. And for me, it was kind of a signpost, like, okay, yeah, you know, this is, this is the right path. That's a pretty it's clear beautiful. sign. Right? Because our vocations are supposed to bring us joy, right? Amen. That's what Amen. God wants for us. Amen. Hmm. He does. Yeah, and that's, that's the paradox, is that vocation is a complete gift of self, so you're laying down your life, and in doing so, you find such incredible joy. You know? Any vocation done well is hard. Yeah. You know? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I couldn't do the priesthood, it's too hard. I'm like, no, dude, married life is really hard, too. <laughs> And I think no matter what, whether you're called to priesthood or you're called to marriage, you're called to live in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 tells us that, that Christ died for the church, that he gave his life for the church, to love and serve the church, you know? Yeah. And we, you know, as priests, you're called to the same thing, to die to yourself, to love and serve the church. And we, as men and women that are called to marriage, we're called to die to ourselves for our spouses and to bring them up to the Lord without blemish, without stain, you know, holy. That's the domestic church right there. Yeah. That's your, it's your church to, to lay down your life for. Amen. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about how to actually practically discern your vocation as a Catholic. Thanks so much for joining us. Catholic Radio works. And now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network.
And welcome back to The Restless Podcast, where young adult Catholics live out their faith in the modern world. We've been talking about the issue of vocation. How do you discern your vocation? What is a vocation? And, uh, you know, just kind of wrestling with that issue. And I'm kind of curious as to, you know, we were talking about whether or not they've discerned the vocation. And, and Diane and Javi kind of shared about their, their desire for marriage that God kind of put on their hearts. And uh, so how do you, how do you know? Like, where, where's the certainty? What, is it just a feeling you get? Or it's got to be more than a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. I don't we know. Need, like, we need to have some more of that. So. Um, I, yes. 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 A feeling. Um, but a feeling that comes from the Lord. A feeling that comes from the Holy Spirit. I think when we receive the Holy Spirit, He's inside of us. And He's, he's moving through us. And... Uh, you know, as you dive deeper into a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, you feel that. You definitely, definitely feel that. And the more you spend time at, at, at adoration, the more you spend time in prayer, the more you spend time with the Lord, you feel that when you pray, you know, the Lord moves through you. And So what happens if you feel conflicting feelings? You know, because I can see good things in both single life and priesthood and you know, religious life and... I yeah, I think Lauren, you, you just have or, to be... Diane, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you you have to be careful about feelings. I don't think that, you know, necessarily... Sometimes, you know, like they, they may be indicative of sort of like what God is calling you to do. But I mean, for example, when I went to Spain, I was like, I'm going to figure out like what my vocation is when I go on the silent retreat. And I got there and I was like, get me out of here. Um, I was just, I was like mortified. Um, so mortified over what? Just scared and, um, fearful. I think that the, the devil does have a way of sort of, um, I mean, our spiritual life is not lived on an emotional level and I think that that can be very dangerous um so you know you really I mean it's it's kind of hard to say how you discern that but it's more of this I guess this inner peace I would say that is cultivated in silence um which is something that I think a lot of people just don't spend enough time doing these days because we're constantly on our phones or answering work emails and um, you really just have to set aside a time to be quiet with the Lord and to listen, not to talk to him, just to listen, um, which is what adoration is great for. I like what you said about the feelings because people misunderstand, you know, feelings are actually on the level of the body, not the soul. Right. Because when I eat a big meal, I feel, you know, ugh. you know, you ever have that feeling? You're yes. just like coming up from like an all you can eat buffet and you're just like, ugh. Yeah, actually, Too I have much. to. I have to see you at confession after this because I went to all you can eat sushi yesterday, and I think you didn't invite me. What? You didn't invite me. I was. I had a conversation with our brother Tyler, but um, yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you, Diane. Um, peace, peace for sure. When you're praying for two things um, that are good, especially two things that are good that are that are in line with the will of the Spirit, you know. Um, it's that peace, whatever you feel the most peace with, you know, and you might feel a little bit of peace with one, but you might feel more peace with the other one. And I definitely sense that whenever I had a tough decision to make when I was like around March or April, uh, whether I was going to move down to Texas or stay here. Um, and uh, I just felt peace with both of them, but I felt most, more peace with staying here, even though moving down to Dallas would have been a great opportunity for my future, for my career. And to be honest with you, just surrendering everything to the Father, 
as soon as that as soon as the decision came i felt nothing but peace beautiful nothing the first time in my life i've ever been in a situation where i'm when i've had to make a very very important decision in my life which as you know going to texas is very important to me because that's where my family is that's where my girlfriend is and it's sure. like oh that's future you know but you know the lord called me to stay here and i felt nothing i just felt peace yeah it was just yeah, empty peace, like an empty is... feeling it was I, I, I don't think i ever really knew what peace was until that moment i got that email and i felt peace yeah i didn't cry i didn't feel anything there was no feeling it was just peace yeah, I think peace is a big, big part of vocation. You got to have that peace. And uh, I, I tend to look at kind of four things when you're, when you're looking at vocation. One is, um, you, know, you look at the natural desires God placed in your heart. You know, so like if you have a burning desire to be married, if you're even if you know, kind of like a, a micro vocation of, you know, I have a burning desire to be a teacher or whatever, you know, that's, that can be a sign. Like, because God often works through our desires. Are converted desires you know if you have a desire to you know go be a prostitute that's probably not from god but <laughs> <laughs> or for example you know if, um so after our desires then we look at like our gifts and talents like do you have the ability to live it out you know that's that's an important one because i remember when i was chaplain at the high school i had this kid come into my office and we were talking about the future and he's like i'm like well, you know, what do you want to do he's like oh, i'm 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 really want to be a major league baseball player well, this kid was a junior and still hadn't gotten out of jv I was like, that's ah, not happening. Jeremy, <laughs> you know, your desire, although good, <laughs> is not in accordance with your talents. <laughs> right. Yes. And you also have to have like other people confirm that desire. You know, like I remember this one guy, um, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I just really feel called to marry this, this girl, you know, we'll call her Susie or whatever. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Like how long have you guys been dating? Oh, well, you know, she dumped me about three months ago. But I know I feel like I feel that peace. I'm like, ah, <laughs> no, that's not from God. Sorry. <laughs> that's not the same thing we were talking not about. Not the same thing. No. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen signs, though, like external signs of your vocation? And you mentioned about, you know, the tears that came from, you know, imagining your, your uh, first child, Javier. Yeah, I mean, the, the sign, I guess, would have been the tears and the, the image that I saw, I literally saw myself holding him, him, I said him, him, <laughs> hopeful for a boy already, yes, is that a man thing, a first guy. hopeful for a wife, I think, <laughs> <laughs> step one, oh, yeah, that's what I, you know, I just saw him all pink and, you know, full of liquid and stuff and crying, and, <laughs> full of liquid, yeah, you know, I, I saw him that, like it, it, the, 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 it was a, it was an image of the way that children come out of the womb. And I saw myself holding him, you know, in the palm of my hand and Javier Jr. Javier Jr. You name it really? And, <laughs> you uh, do it? No, I probably won't. I don't know. I, I, I think I'll probably choose a biblical name for sure. Um, but I was just shaking and crying and stuff. And that to me was definitely a sign. That to me was definitely a sign. I felt peace there. Nice. I felt peace. Nice. I felt a lot of peace with that. And I, yeah. I, I know that when I thought about the priesthood, um, there were specific aspects of the priesthood that I wasn't at peace with, like not having enough freedom to go where I please and to do what I want to do. And I feel like I'm such an extrovert and I really want to like, you know, follow the Lord wherever he calls me. 
And that was something that I was a little bit scared of. And I, I, you, you and I have talked about that. And that's something that I think anyone that wants to discern the priesthood needs to consider. You know, it's like, can you actually, can you actually do that? Can yeah, you actually just go the wherever thing. they want you to go, not wherever you want to go? That's where we asked kind of the gifts and talents. Do you have the ability to live it out? You know, Submit to authority. Question. So why does God's plan sometimes seem so mysterious? Like, why doesn't he just come out and just be like, this is your calling? You know, I think a lot of people think that it, it is a mystery or that there's no way to know or maybe God is some far off thing. And maybe I'm talking more about people that don't really have a faith, but that's kind of most of the people that I'm around, you know. Um, but I've heard some amazing stories, like one I can think of uh, from Sister Anna Marie, who I met. She came up here. She's a religious sister down in Knoxville, Tennessee. But she told a story of like one of her fellow sisters always prayed for her future husband. And I heard of this concept, and I thought it was weird, you know? I'm like, <laughs> what? But, you know, that's some people do, and I'm sure that's all good and, and whatever. So she is praying for him, praying for him, praying for him. And at a certain moment, she heard God's voice tell her, I'm your husband. And it was clear. Mm. Like, she heard it. She knew. That was it. That was her calling. But she had put herself right in front of the Lord and in prayer to receive that message. So God isn't this far off thing that's, oh, I don't know. And, you know, for people that don't have faith, maybe he exists, maybe he doesn't. But if you just put yourself in front of him or try to listen, kind of like what we talked about earlier, um, you can hear a message. It's not impossible, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what my one of the big impacts in my own vocation to the priesthood was my parish started perpetual adoration when I was 15 years old. And uh, my family signed up for an hour and they invited me. They didn't force and at first I was like, eh, that sounds really boring, just sitting in silence <laughs> for an hour. I was 15, but then I thought, wait a second, if this really is who I say I believe he is, you know, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, I'd be a fool for not wanting to go and spend an hour with him. Mm-hmm. And so through doing that every single week from the time I was 15 through the end of high school, it really opened my eyes, just that silence. You know, it, was, it sounds corny, but like I fell in love with God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of when I was sort of discerning, like getting more into my faith, I started going to adoration a little bit more. And I remember just asking St. Therese, praying that she would send me a rose. And I was like, all right, if it's marriage, make it pink. If it's religious life, make it red. And I would just like see all these different color, like red and pink roses mm-hmm. in the city, like together. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> She's tricking you. <laughs> She's tricking I can't take it anymore. And I realized that, you know, Looking back on it now, it's like, you know, I think that sometimes like God respects our free will and he really just wants to us to sort of grow in relationship with him and to have that relationship. Um, and so as I sp- actually spent more time in adoration and not necessarily like begging him to reveal my vocation, it was just kind of like growing in, in love with him that I think helps to reveal what he wants us to do with our lives um and really just at the end of the day making time for silence which i think a lot of times we don't even give god a chance to like to talk to us because we're always talking at him or just not paying attention um we really have to let him speak to us in silence in silence right because even i think i don't know i don't want to generalize but i can go back to my service level catholic days um 
where my prayer was mostly petitions, right? Or I'd pray for people. I always would pray for my grandparents that had passed away or anyone recently who had died and then my family, whatever it is. So I'm praying. Right. I think I'm praying, right? But it's me kind of putting out my prayers. And I right. didn't know about this concept of silent prayer until I went on spiritual exercises in March. And, you know, the first thing they said really was, why are you here? Why did you come all the way to Spain for a retreat? And I was the one person from the United States. Everyone else was from Madrid. And because of COVID, we went from 44 people or so that were supposed to do it down to 14 women. But I felt like she was talking to me directly, like, you came here all the way from the United States to figure out what God wants for you to do, right? <laughs> and so to start, like, silence yourself, right? Turn in your phones. We're not going to talk. Like, you need to be quiet and let everything in the world just melt away and let God speak to you. Amen. Yeah, so true. And that's true. kind of where it begins, I think. So true. I often tell young people that are discerning, don't pray to know God's will. Pray to know God, and he will reveal his will to you. Yeah, that's beautiful. So Yeah, and I, I can answer your question in five seconds. I'll just say the Lord wants us to wrestle with that. That's why he doesn't reveal his will. He mm. wants us to spend that time in prayer with him. It's he true. wants that. Because yeah. if he gave it to us, it'd be too easy, and then we wouldn't grow in our relationship with him. Yeah, we seek him. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us as we kind of wrestled with that idea of vocation. Uh, so please join us next time on Restless, the young adult show where young adult Catholics wrestle with their faith in a modern world. And thanks so much for joining us also on Veritas Catholic Radio. God bless. God bless.